I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 13 and preview of round 14. This episode is brought to you by the World Cup, bringing you short turnarounds for the MLS fantasy season since forever. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Denton, uh, for this abbreviated episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. How you doing, Mike? Hello there. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, as I was saying, it's, it's a double game week. World Cup's coming up. Holiday weekend. So we're doing a really quick episode tonight to try to jump in there and give you guys the, the preview of just the highlights of what to expect going into round 14. Uh, round 13, really strange. Um not a high-scoring round, even though some of these games we really hoped were going to go big, especially anybody who put a lot of faith in the Red Bulls. Sorry about that. I'm right there with you. Uh, the average of the round was about 50 points, so if you scored anywhere about 70 points or higher, you probably had a good week and saw your overall rank rise. So good job. Don't worry. Don't panic. Uh, it's going to get crazy going forward with some of these call-ups, but that's why Mike is here to go over some of that with uh, the World Cup and friendlies and just just camps coming up as we're going into there. So, Mike, let's just jump right into it so people don't have to wait. They can get ready for this Wednesday start date. Let's start out with the double game week teams, if that's okay with you. Okay. Um, you want you talk about for camps? Uh, we'll do. Uh, let's do the double game week teams first, and then you can jump in with uh, the injuries and camps and reports right there. Okay. All right. Um, so for the double game week teams, uh, let's start first with the yellow card accumulation warning. Um, the only ones who are on it from last week, because obviously nothing's been updated yet, are McCann and LGP. Um, so that's something that I'm definitely going to be updating uh, as the week goes on, you know, before Wednesday to see uh, who's going to be on warning. Uh, as far as World Cup absences, um, this is what we've got from the double game week teams. Um, Alfad, uh, Machado uh, is go off to Panama. Uh, for the Galaxy, both the Dos Santos brothers uh, are going to the Mexican camp. Um, also on the LA Galaxy, uh, Zlatan is possible going to get a, an additional suspension for his slap for the red card, so be aware of that. Um see who else is a double game week uh no they're not uh so that's the world cup guys um then you also have players like rusnak for rsl going um to friendlies um i gonna be honest that the international list that they put out as far as the friendlies has not been good it hasn't been updated since may 17th so my really only recommendation is that is go look at the list from the past call-ups that we've had in 2018, and that way you can know if there's a possibility that they may be called up, because that's all I have right now. MLS hasn't really put together uh, 
a list. Um, but I mean, Rusnak is probably the biggest one uh, of of all these guys. Like Nikolic was not called up. Almiron was not called up. Um, and that's kind of it for uh, the double game week teams. Some of the other injuries and stuff they have going on. Um, New York City's going to lose a bunch of players, but not many of their main guys. Burgett, Wallace, and Moderita. Uh, Red Bulls are going to lose Kaku, so that's a big loss uh, for Paraguay duty. Obviously, Paraguay's not in the World Cup, so they'll get him back in two weeks. Uh, Escobar and Barilla, however, are in the World Cup, and they'll be uh, gone for a little bit. Uh, for LAFC, uh, they have a lot of absences. Simon, Vela, obviously the big one, and then Gabber is going to uh, Egypt camp. Uh, Yotun has already gone to Peru for Orlando City. Um, then some discipline stuff to catch up from last week. Uh, Higuain, red card. Uh, Christian Martinez for Columbus Crew, probably his international duty. But uh, when he comes back, he's going to be suspended almost certainly for that slap. It got a lot, a lot of attention. Uh, Jakovic for LAFC uh, got a red card. He'll be suspended next match. Uh, some injury concerns. Uh, Yedlikov for FC Dallas. Uh, I missed him in the double game week uh, camp. Uh, he has a broken collarbone. He'll be out for a while. Uh, Anna Herrera for New York City was stretchered off. Uh, no word on the severity of that injury. And then Mavinga for TFC re-aggravated his uh, growing injury, it appeared. So uh, I'm going to guess he's going to miss some time trying to catch back up. All right, and of course, for anybody who is not familiar just yet, the double game week teams this week are Atlanta United, Chicago Fire, FC Dallas, Houston Dynamo, the LA Galaxy, New England Revolution, Philadelphia Union, and Real Salt Lake. Um, the only team that's on a bye week this round is DC United. So that's who we think you should be looking at pretty heavily going into this round. Um, thanks for that breakdown, Mike. Anything else that you think we need to add before we start getting into some quick game and player breakdowns? Um, one thing I'm going to add is the U.S. Uh, men's national team, which just finished a 3 nothing win tonight, uh, they're supposed to be making some roster changes. So right now the only MLS players they've called up are Bono and Zimmerman. Um, they may take some additional players on their way to New York. Or excuse me, not to New York, to Europe. Um, obviously I said New York because the player I'm thinking of most is Tyler Adams from the New York Red Bulls as a player who could get called up, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So kind of check tomorrow and see if there is an additional call up there. That being said, I know, at least from my point of view, Mike, I think that the double game week teams are the ones that you should be looking at. And we're just going to jump right into these player chalkboard uh, breakdowns, I guess. It's, it's a little bit different, as we mentioned at the top of the show, kind of got an abbreviated show going on. So Mike and I are going to sort of go back and forth maybe a little bit here and there as we talk about the picks. And so let's just start with that as the question. Uh, are you all in with double game week this time, Mike, or are you going to shake it up with some single game week players? Uh, no, I'm all in on double game week. Um, it's not the best of double game weeks, but I think there's still enough value that you can get the 11. Um, my, my general thinking is that there's good offensive players. I'm not in love with a whole lot of the defensive options, but honestly, that's been kind of my feeling general. And I don't love a lot of the single game week options for defense anyway. And the only ones I really do like is Sporting Kansas City at home against Minnesota. So um, I can kind of transfer, switch through, auto whatever um, with that anyway. So 
um, yeah, I'm I'm 11 players in for double game week, and we'll kind of roll from there. How about you, Reed? Uh, I agree. One of my uh, keeperu backups is is Malia, which really, if you're looking to do a keeperu this week and you're trying to use a double game week player, that's about the best you're going to get because almost every double game week team starts at 7:30 on that uh, Saturday game. A few of them play later, like Chicago and Real Salt Lake and FC Dallas, but I don't know if they have uh, good enough matches or good enough uh, defensive option that you may want to run with those guys as your keeper But if you do, uh, it's it's Sporting Kansas City or Minnesota as, as your option, so you're going to have to go with a single-game week keeper in that spot there. But no, I'm like you, Mike. I, I think unless you're doing that, uh, there's no reason not to have 11 double game week guys because even if the games are just slightly better, the chance for double points should put them heads and tails above over the majority of single game week players who just have an average week. Uh, I'll just keep going with keepers. That being said, I went back and forth with this uh, a bunch because normally with a double game week, I want to have a double home keeper if at all option and so this round your only options are new england as a double home and real salt lake as a double home not been super confident in real salt lake and i think they may have the tougher of those two matches uh you could i I could i don't know if you're going to argue new england having the harder one mike uh, but with some potential absences Maybe not, but uh, currently I think New England has a better shot, and so I have Turner as my double game week keeper pick with Malia as the keeper-roo backup if that does not work out for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I kind of feel like RSL has the better shot. I mean, it's weird because I think New England matches up pretty well against both Atlanta and New York Red Bulls. Um, Well, New York Red Bulls is kind of a weird matchup. but, I mean, RSL did get a clean sheet against Seattle recently. I didn't, by recently, I mean, like, this past weekend. Um, so yeah, but they, Seattle's, I mean, they're injured offensively. Right. And, I mean, that's kind of almost kind of what you're banking on. Um, I mean, the real question is the Houston match. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think those are probably – now, I, I actually, the, the first keeper I drew in, the first, in my first round was actually not a two-home keeper. Um, and that was Gonzalez of Dallas. Uh, and the reason I like them defensively um, for the double game week is even though they are on the road against the LA Galaxy, um, we know the LA Galaxy, well, they, already, they haven't had the Dos Santos brothers for a while, but they're probably not going to have Zlatan again. Uh, and so they're a little bit toothless there. And then Dallas gets to come home to LAFC, which isn't going to have Urena, isn't going to have Vela. Um, I mean, maybe this is the first game they start the win. Um, it doesn't seem to have the same kind of offensive punch that, we, that we're used to for LAFC. I mean, heck, D.C. United held them on the road to a goal. I mean, obviously, Red Card had a big part to play in that. But I, I think with Dallas's defensive structure being pretty good, with them not being gutted by international absences, I think there's a kind of an outside shot there. Um so those are kind of like the three teams I'm kind of looking for generally defensively this week, um, as well as, you know, for, for the keepers. Um, 
But yeah, as of right now, I have Dallas, but I, I can probably change my mind on that. <laughs> oh no, no, I, I I like that going through there. Uh, LA is missing some of that that bite, and they've not been that lucky at home uh, in general. Uh, so so I think Dallas can be a pretty good pickup right there. And you're exactly right about LAFC, and and that's why I was looking at at uh, that second game against the Red Bulls with some people maybe missing from their lineup. Yeah. Not The Red Bulls being... won't have Kaku, so right. I mean, that's going to be a big deal. I mean, we know the Red Bulls have depth, but you know they're not going to be able to... We've seen before this year when Kaku is not on, the Red Bulls have kind of struggled to get Bradley Wright Phillips the ball. Yeah. And and I like, I like what New England has been doing. They've been a pretty chippy defensively decent team uh, like we saw that really tough game they had against columbus a few weeks ago so um I, I think new england has has some definite skill there and they're they have some people maybe missing not not a lot being touched especially in those key defensive areas um so it but it's, I, I like that dallas pick as well so i think maybe turner and uh and dallas are new england and dallas are two of the probably better double game week options right there everybody else probably going to keep away Maybe you can make an argument for RSL, but I just feel like that's too risky, like you were pointing out, Mike, just hoping yeah. that Seattle can't do something. But I, I do feel like I think that's a great point uh, to point out with <laughs> Dallas right there. And, and, and I will, I will, I'll make the case for RSL. You know, let me pretend to be Jason for a minute. I, I saw the, the spirit of Euro uh, uh, for a moment. Um, Houston hasn't been good on the road. Now, that hasn't meant that they've been held goalless on the road this year. Uh, last year was a little bit uh, – more of that, but uh, I mean, you know, at RSL on a week, I could see Houston rotating heavily for this game. Um, you know, since it is at altitude, uh, sometimes RSL can have a lot of success and just kind of frustrate teams. They've been a little bit better yep. defensively recently um, than we've seen, uh, especially at uh, Rio Tinto. So it's not it's not a crazy thing. Um, it, 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 I, to, to me, the decision about RSL isn't about how you view RSL. It's about how you view New England and the games against home against Atlanta, who didn't play last week, and home against the Red Bulls. Um, if you feel really good, like, you know what, they still have a clean sheet shot, then I think you go with New England. If not, then I think they're, then you're deciding between RSL and Dallas. And Ramondo's pretty decently priced there in, in the low six. Like six point three, I think is what he is. Um, yeah. But he's pretty, he's pretty reasonably priced there uh, with your budget if you're not swimming in money like Mike is already. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to defenders, Mike. Who are you liking for your defender picks and teams in general? Okay. Uh, well, I said um, I pretty much said the three teams I've, I've been looking at most. Um, as of right now, I have uh, Cannon, Glad um, as my starters. Um, for the backups, um, I've been kind of playing. Uh, I had I had Pharrell in, kind of also playing with uh, Rosenberry and Fumior, um, just to kind of play with some players. I'll probably switch them out and have Pharrell in there uh, at, at some point. But, the, I mean, the three I mentioned before, like, like I said, I don't think you have a whole lot of – these aren't great defensive teams – so I think going by the home games is probably as good as you can get in general. Um, 
So, I mean, I think you're really looking for the, from those three teams, and I, I pretty much just put Rosenberry like, well, maybe he'll score against Chicago or Pune Mayor because they did well last week, so I'm going to get a price rise regardless. <laughs> like, like, that was literally what I was thinking. Yeah, for me, I uh, I was looking at some of the defender, the sorry, not the, first looking at defenders, the the CB options, those big defenders, the big CBs, because uh, with the double game week, I, I think some of the chances for – uh, those bonus points will add up pretty quick, especially for those teams that are home and away. I think those those CBs might do pretty well. Uh, for me, my list is pretty similar to yours. Um, I've got uh, Farrell, I've got Glad, I've got Rosenberry right there. I've also got Parkhurst right now. Uh, I know that Atlanta's defense has uh, some absences that are too. I know. I think Garza got a red last week. Is that right? Two weeks ago. Yes. But he hasn't served that suspension yet. Um, LGP, I believe, is still red flagged. And so, um, I don't know. I, th- I think uh, Atlanta's got got a shot for some production out of Parkhurst there. And he's uh, $8 million, so I guess kind of on the expensive side. But I'm like you. I wasn't really banking on uh, a lot of clean sheets. One would be nice. I was hoping more for people who could produce bonus points for me. And so these guys were kind of in uh, a reasonable range. Most expensive player is Rosenberry, which I thought was kind of funny with, with that group. But <laughs> uh, I also toyed around um, with Chicago. Maybe thought about going with Kappelhoff as an option. There's a, a sub 7 million player that that's what may be interested in. Uh, and then uh, I hadn't even, I hadn't really been thinking about Dallas when I was making my first list, but you've made some good op- some suggestions there, Mike. And so maybe I'll, uh, rotate Cannon in as an option. Maybe even swap out Parkhurst for Cannon because uh, I do. I, I think having at least someone in in that defensive unit from Dallas might actually be a good idea this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, if you're not if, if, the way you can kind of structure it, if you kind of want to, if you're more preference home, put an RSL defender, a New England defender, and then put like Dallas and Atlanta in as part of the auto route. You know, and, and kind of do it that way. That way, you can kind of hedge your bets um, and play the odds. You know. Yep. Let's go down. To, or um, I mentioned the big CBs. Are you looking at at any big production from the wingbacks this week? Or are you looking more for those defensive bonus points as well? I, I think defensive bonus points. There's not a whole lot of great wingback um, options on this board. Um, just looking at who the defenders are. So, yeah, I think you're more looking at CBs and clean sheets. And so let's go on to the midfield now. Uh, again, double game weeks tend to be a time when the more defensive players shine. A lot of that is because they're less likely to get rotated and because those bonus points do stack up uh, over multiple games. So uh, I think a pretty easy one for me this week was Zahibo. Uh, he's just been doing really well. For New England, and so I, I like him in there. Uh, one I'm not quite as sure about the rotation, but just know that he's been definitely playing more defensive. I have Schweinsteiger in the back. Uh, sometimes he's been playing center back, so could have some good options for bonus points. With Almiron still around, I do have him as that offensive threat. I think he could get a couple of games. Um, Barco was my backup for Almiron if he was going to be gone. And then right now I've got Kyle Beckerman on my bench as a, like a switcheroo auto option right there, just to kind of see 
what he might do, but he's definitely one that yeah, near the top of what I might swap out for somebody else. Yeah, we've we've got some similarities. I, I was telling Reed before the show started, uh, and this might make people feel better. You're like, oh, Michael knows all these stuff about international uh, duty. I wish I knew this. That um, I had a very long discussion and debate within myself between Alessandrini and Rusnak. And it was only like three hours later after I was like, all right, I got to go with Rusnak. And then I was like, wait a minute, Rusnak's squad on international duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he would have been near the top uh, yeah. myself. But that's why I looked at Beckerman is, I mean, look at Beckerman's last seven games. Uh, of those seven games, in five of them, he scored five points. And the other two, he scored four points. And he's only scored fewer than four points twice so far this year. So even if you go in on the low right there and say he gets four points each game, eight points out of a double game week isn't too bad. So if you look at eight to 10 as a reasonable option for him, I, I think that's a pretty solid option for a double game week player, especially if you have him on your bench to swap in there in case that's uh, something that you want to hedge your bet about right there. Um, what do you think of, uh, well, who else do you have there with you? Uh, well, I have, uh, like you, I have Schwansire, although like you, I'm also kind of concerned about rotation. But, I mean, if if he plays, he's been one of the most consistent players in fantasy, period. Um, so I, I think you kind of have to have him if, if he plays uh, in, in that midweek game, which would be the game I would assume he would be rotated since they're home uh, for the second leg. Uh, another player who I think, have I have to play if they play, but I am very concerned about rotation. Is uh, Mauro Diaz? Um, now I'm not quite as concerned about rotation with him simply because well, look, I'll qualify that. Uh, he didn't start this past weekend, um, in their game against Toronto, which was on Friday, so he should be fairly well rested. I think he only mm-hmm. played about 10 minutes. Um, but that said, they've been very, very cautious about Diaz, so even though he's gotten a rotation already it wouldn't shock me if they rotated him again <laughs> but um definitely something uh i'm i'm keeping an eye out on um and of course that 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 one's a tough one because that's the last lineup for the the double game week uh teams uh and then of course i have uh Almiron, uh and then i have uh alessandrini he alessandrini's been pretty good the last few games uh and i think he's been a little bit better without Slaton. Uh, he got 11, was it 11 points last week and then 13 the week before? Uh, he got that goal. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been tearing up double digits pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, and it's, 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 he's kind of come back. You know, he, he took him a while to kind of get worked back and, and get, you know, consistent 90 minutes in. Um, and since he's done that and not been playing teams like Atlanta and New York Red Bulls, he, he's been a, a little bit better of a producer. Um yeah, I I do like the Zahibo pick. I have him like right now in a bench slot, although I don't have a Otteru candidate for it yet, because <laughs> right now I have three forwards. So, uh, but I'll probably just figure <laughs> out which forward to drop. So we'll see. Yeah, yours is definitely much more offensive oriented than mine. Uh, the other key thing I think we should mention about Diaz before going on is that usually when he's getting rested, uh, you also have to look at the type of field that uh, Dallas is going to be playing on because he tends to not play as much, if at all, on turf. And this week with uh, Dallas being away at LA Galaxy and then coming back home and hosting LAFC, you don't have to worry about that turf 
in this situation. Right. So um, if you want to run with Diaz again, then then there you go. And again, like I mentioned before, LA's not had the best luck at home, so could be a, a time for him to shine, maybe get a, a few more assists to add under his under his belt. Indeed, let us know, though. Uh, that's a good one. I like to hear other people chime in on. Hit us up on Twitter at MLS Fantasy Boss at Mike That Tiger. Are you looking for a more offensive midfield or more defensive midfield? And let us know why. Uh, it's definitely two strategies I think you could work for you during this double game week. Right, so and uh, you know another player we could probably um, throw in there is Majunanin from uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, I think he's always pretty good, consistent. Um, in, in fact, I may like him a little bit more than Beckerman. Uh, hmm. Beckerman's in general kind of had kind of slow legs. Uh, if you listen to Extra Time Radio, like Matt Doyle will complain about it every single time RSL comes up. Uh, so it wouldn't shock me if that if there's a rotation with Beckerman um, midweek. Uh, I, I could also see Beckerman not doing as well in the second game since Seattle will be on the road, and I think they'll be more likely to just bunker and try to grind out a nil-nil. Because, um, I mean, they will definitely won't have Ladero because uh, he, he'll, he'll be on international duty if he's not recovered from his uh, – if he recovers from his injury because uh, he had a toe-foot injury that Seattle fans are worried maybe just bogus because <laughs> he's rushing for the World Cup. But um, – yeah, so that's kind of the concern I have. Uh, as far as like the rest of the defensive midfielders, I, I think Zahibo's a great pick, but some of the others, they don't have that great, consistent uh, defensive midfield presence. Like, I don't know, think Atlanta has um, anyone that you could call that. Or um, I mean, Chicago's defensive midfielder is basically Schweinsteiger. So. <laughs> right, with Dax out, yeah. No, Medunian is, is definitely pretty good. He's got 65 points, which is about 14 more than Beckerman does. On the week, he's got an advantage. He's earned an assist and a goal this round uh, or this this year, and uh, his bonus points have enabled him to get uh, up to seven at times uh, for for a regular score without an assist or a goal. So, um, not a not a bad pick for uh, a player who comes in at eight point nine versus Beckerman seven. So, yeah, definitely another option to put in there if you're looking for a more defensively oriented midfield. Uh, but let's get into the pure offense now, Mike. Forwards, you said you had three. Who are they? Uh, first off is uh, Martinez. Um, I think anytime you have an Atlanta home game, you have to to look at these guys. And um, I know Philly frustrated us fantasy players this past week. Um, I, I don't think they match up quite so well against Atlanta because New York really wants to press teams that possess the ball. And so Philly – has no problem saying we're just not going to take the ball. Um, and that's the struggle that the Red Bulls have. Atlanta's like, if you want to give us the ball, like we're just going to give it to Almiron and he's just going to pass to Barco and Martinez for open looks eventually and score like a bazillion goals. So I really like Atlanta's offense uh, this week. Uh, so I have Martinez. Uh, I already talked about Dallas defensively. Um, I also like them offensively. Uh, as you can see from my Diaz picks, and now I'm going to have a Rudy. Uh, the re- the reason I really like um, both of these, uh, both of their games offensively, is because both of the LA teams are not going to have the same threat going forward, which I think frees Dallas up to be more offensive um, and to give a Rudy more shots, more chances. Um, and I-, I think it's LAFC who won't have Simon this week. Uh, will really struggle with depth to compensate for that. 
Uh, they got away with it, you know, this past week. Uh, I mean, they were down to down a man, but I mean, they led in the goal against DC United. Didn't really control the game. We didn't get all the looks that we thought. Um, and I, I think they're, they're they just don't have the depth to make up for the absence of players. Same with LA Galaxy. We know how bad um, their defensive line has been uh, the last two weeks, notwithstanding. I think that's more of a product of how bad Montreal and um, oh the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, they've just both been terrible offensively. And so I, I think Dallas can have some success against them. And last but not least, I have Ellis, who uh, broke my heart by just blasting New York City out of the water in Houston uh, this past weekend. Um, I mean, he's just been so good. Uh, I mean, his last few scores, 8, 12, 5, 5, 7, 8, 6. Uh, there's a 3 in there, there's a 12, 9, 11. I mean, he's been one of the most consistent players in fantasy. So even even though he has two road games, they're two road games against RSL and against Montreal. I think that's probably one of the best road matchups you can get, except for the altitude and with RSL. Um, I mean, he's just been so consistent. Otherwise, I, I think he's a pretty good bet uh, up top. Good options right there. We were pretty close on uh, on our picks for this one. I also went with Martinez because I do enjoy. Uh, Atlanta at home, usually also always leaning towards a Martinez pick. Uh, I gave Dallas the the representation that they seem to deserve based on your picks, uh, and I did get Rudy on uh, as one of my forward options. Uh, he's just had a great record recently, and um, I don't know why I didn't decide to go with some other ones. I mean, he started slow, but he scored a goal in, let's see here, he scored a goal or an assist in each of his last six games. So that that's a pretty good record. And then with two this round, I thought Yerudi was a good pick at 9.1 recently priced. I struggled for the third spot. Uh, I thought about Ellis. I thought about Sapong as an option there. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was, I was, I was not like, all. well, actually, and I was like, oh crap, did I miss something about Sapong? Uh, but I, I was going back and forth, and then I also had Panilla right there from New England as an option. Been doing really well this year. Hasn't scored back to back, but about every other game, he's been getting some points, nine point seven, and I have him in my lineup right now because I do like double home games, and I was thinking that with Atlanta having some defensive absences, maybe he could keep them occupied and get something in the first game. And then the second game with the Red Bulls, maybe missing some players as well, that that might be a time. And of course, Red Bulls being much more of that counterattack team that maybe he could slip in behind and uh, behind that high press and, and have something happen for him. Um, but those that third forward pick was was pretty tough for me to to think about this this week. But that's who I settled on right now. Yeah, and um, Panita is a good one to to think about because um, you know, especially for the Atlanta game. Now Atlanta is a team that plays on turf anyway, but New England's turf is isn't just regular turf; it's really bad turf. <laughs> right. Um, so. Don't be shocked if Atlanta's like, you know what? Like, we're taking this game off. Like, we're just going to make sure that Almiron and Martinez healthy. We have yeah. a bunch of defensive players that are absent. Let's roll out, like, Carlton and a bunch of kids and see what happens this game. So, definitely keep in mind if that happens, you know, 
Um, I, I can definitely see Pania having some success uh, hitting New England, uh, Atlanta. Because, I mean, I think that's the best game for New England. I don't think they match up well with the Red Bulls. But against Atlanta, I think they, their press is going to cause problems for Atlanta. And I could definitely see Pania getting a goal on, on the Atlanta defense there. Do you still go with Atlanta players if you don't see Almiron and Martinez starting in that first game? Oh. They've got they've played seven games at home so far this season, and they have 19 goals scored at home. So pretty good record if you're looking just at that. Uh, for Philadelphia, they've only scored two on the road. They've allowed nine, and that's been over six games. So uh, Philly is definitely allowing more than one a game on the road if you're just looking at the odds back and forth like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends if they're in the 18 or not. If if they're in the 18, I probably yeah. keep them uh, because I'm like, all right, they'll get they'll get a shout out. You know, maybe they'll get a shot for a chance for an assist on goal. And I, I mean, really just the upside that they present is just a lot better than a lot of these other double game week players, um, you know, especially offensively. I mean, I mean, for for Almiron, like like you said, you talked about offense and defense. Part of that is because there's not a whole lot of great offensive options. We don't have Rosnack. Um, I mean, Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, Galaxy, Dallas. I mean, you can pretty much just list a very few players who who are going to come out. Um, you know, I mean, mo- most of your best offensive players for this double game week play for Atlanta. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, if they're not in the 18, then I probably draw them off. Just on a you know an odds math likelihood uh, of them succeeding because I mean then you really have to have them blow out uh, Philadelphia, which can happen. But as we've seen against the Red Bulls, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, if if they're in the eighteen, I keep them. Now we haven't talked about captain picks. Almiron is my captain pick, so I would go ahead and then take the captaincy off Almiron and put him on someone else. But. Um, yeah, that that that's what I I would do. Have you have you set your backup captain yet? I I do not have a backup captain. Ah, oh, that's such a tough one this week. Maybe Ellis just for upside. Hmm. I I mean mostly the position where I am is like I'm I'm mostly going for big points this week, which is part of another reason I went all more offensive than yeah yeah. Um, cause I want to get back into the top 200. I, I fell out with two bad weeks. Uh, we didn't talk about mommy team. My team got 59 points, which is abysmal, but, um, <laughs> I mean, not quite as abysmal as my actual in real life team, but <laughs> you know, um, Mike and I had the same problem of that, uh, uh, BWP two point captain. So yeah, that BWP two point captain. And then like, I was like, you know what? These fast guys are smart. I'm going to put in um, Vancouver and Seattle players instead of Red Bulls players for uh, and Seattle, uh, Sporting Kansas City players for my um, auto ruse and transfer ruse. And that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> rough time, rough time. Uh, my backup captain is Zahibo. I have it on Almiron as well, uh, hoping for some good things there. But uh, I have Zahibo as that back because I think he's just been some some good consistent production there with new England. And if they do have a tougher game against um, Atlanta at the beginning, I think that he'll be able to, to benefit from that. Well, we'll read, let, let me kind of ask you, uh, we both mentioned Schweinsteiger and Diaz as rotation issues. Uh, I, I think you had 
at least Schweinsteiger in the shot. I, I can't remember if he had to do yeah. that. No. Um, if, if Schweinsteiger doesn't play game one, do you keep him or not? Uh, no. No, if, uh, if Schweinsteiger didn't play the first game, I would probably look over at uh, um, Medunian. Uh, so, I mean, that's the same game that might be the better pick uh, in general. But I, I'm really hoping for the uh, the two games worth of, of bonus points to, to benefit um, Schweinsteiger. So he's probably one that I would pretty easily consider switching if he wasn't in that that starting one. And maybe even if he was in if he was in the 18, I, I think I'd still probably switch him because I don't know if you can't get much in 20 to 30 minutes always unless he comes in more offensively, but uh, I'd probably hedge my bets and look at a more defensive fine stagger at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely been a much more bonus point guy. I mean, it's worth pointing out that he was in, I mean, Chicago had a double game week in week 11 and he played 90 minutes uh, game one and then sat out game two. Yeah. So um, definitely something to, to worry about, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't scored a, goal since week nine um and it only had two assists in in that time so he's definitely been making his money off of um off of the bonus points and but if they're going to play him in one i think he's going to play in that philly game because that's the eastern conference game and uh chicago is is currently right under philly in, in the East. And so I think that's the game that they go all out in. And if he does rest, it's probably on that road trip out to San Jose. And I'm kind of talking myself out of him right now. <laughs> well, well, let, let me um, maybe change your mind a little bit. Um, I think because you have it mixed up. They're going to Philly game one. And then, Oh, I did. I did mix game. it up. So, so but still, I, I think that's the game they have to go all out in is that Eastern conference game. Yeah, that you would think. But I mean, <laughs> I know, I, well, I, that's the way I would play it. But I, I know that coaches traditionally have been playing it more if they're on the road, like we're punting that game. Like that's the game that we're going to rest our stars because we don't want to make our own fans mad by not playing our stars. Um, and I could, and, and it's tough because I could definitely see if he rotates midweek for Philadelphia, him having a pretty good game against San Jose. But then you're right. You've got players like Majunin and Zahibo that you can probably bring in that are going to definitely get you with you know two two games a uh, a pretty consistent points mm-hmm. you know close to a double digit score. Yeah, they're really close though. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's a great question. Uh, again, let us know what you think about about Schweinsteiger, if, if you are feeling good about him or how you would play him if he's going to sit or start in that first game. I'd love to hear the feedback from everyone there. Uh, last quick question before we wrap things up, Mike. I have to do this one. Uh, are there any single game week players that if you're going to pick someone that this is the one or two guys you'd look at? Uh, one or two guys to look at. Um, not many. Um I would say Valeri from Portland be be a good shout. I mean, he he's early. The timing doesn't quite work out because you only get half of the double game weeks. But, I mean, he's home against the LA Galaxy. So, I mean, re, really either him or Blanco uh, could, could be a good shout. Uh, New York City's home against Orlando City. So, uh, David Villa, who, you know, 
score this past week, uh, I, I think would be a good forward pick. I, I don't think they're better than double game week players, um, but that's kind of where I would look at it. And then on the defensive end, uh, I, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I mean, Sporty Kansas City's home to Minnesota. Um, so I, I think you'll have some good op- good opportunity for a clean sheet shout there. Yeah, you hit the three that I would go with as well. Um, I'd be surprised. If, 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 sorry to interrupt, but Zussi just may be a great player just for his defensive and offensive capabilities. Yes. He, he, he you know, he may be a good Otteru candidate, honestly. Right. I mean, Zussi gets a goal and a clean sheet. You've got 11 points right there automatically. So, I mean, that's that's a massive option, a massive score that you could get to come off your bench. Uh, but you hit the three teams that I would look at as well. Uh, I didn't notice until I was just sort of running some numbers today. Portland has won their last six games. Did you realize yeah. that? Yeah, and I mean, most of it has come at home, you know. So, yeah. I mean, that home cooking is working, and the LA Galaxy is no one to fear on the road. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think uh, Portland can uh, can get it done this week. But, yeah, the Portland and, – and, and that, that, sorry, sorry to interrupt again, but I'm going to add one more part on that. Um, that game's at, like, 4 o'clock, so that's, like, an early, early game. Yeah. And that turf gets super hot. And so for the LA Galaxy to be playing midweek against Dallas and then go to Portland uh, and then play early in the game in the hot sun on the hot turf is a real tough ask for them. That is very true. The travel is is definitely an element that I don't think gets talked about enough uh, when making fantasy picks at times. Just in MLS in general, some of the travel I don't think always gets uh, all the attention that it should be and, and playing a part in some of these games. But yeah, uh, Portland's been great. New York, uh, just their quality, but then also Orlando City tending to uh, allow goals as they're trying to score goals, so good options there. And then Zussi down at Sporting Kansas City. I agree with you. I don't think any of the single game week guys – have a better potential for your starting lineup than the double game weight guys. Uh, Zussi, though, is an excellent uh, switcheroo option if that's something you want to go with his his ceiling being so high, so high compared to other people. However, with that uh, potential, you do also get a hefty price tag uh, of $11.5 million, which is absolutely ridiculous i think for a midfield regardless of how many points he scored which is 103 at this point well that's what we have for our player picks and a short episode uh mike anything else you want to add before we do some quick plugs and wrap it up um only thing i'll ask is that uh you know with mls injury news i could use information especially about these call-ups so if you see like hey this player's gone and i didn't mention them like let me know. We'll try to put out a list and get it um, up on Reddit uh, tomorrow. You know, once everyone's back at work and trying to procrastinate, so <laughs> uh, so that way you can get a full information since MLS doesn't seem to have that information. So, uh, yeah, let me know at MLS Injury News. Uh, and again, you can check out everything for me over at MLS Fantasy Boss. Sorry about not having some of the charts these last few weeks. I've been having problems with my spreadsheet. I actually, be able to get the the calculations correct and to not uh, time out and, and close on me 
when trying to get those things uh, figured out. But I'm going to try to get some of that back this week in our short turnaround. Games do start on Wednesday, so check out all the articles there. Head over to r slash fantasy MLS and check out all the chat and conversation going on there as well. It is a fun time, and uh, this double game week, just going to make it more interesting as we get ready for all of the excitement that goes along with the World Cup. So have fun and good luck.